0: cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. And even better, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code WTTC at LumiDeodorant.com. Again, that's WTTC at LumiDeodorant.com.
1: Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice.
0: Oh my god, happy morning. Happy Wednesday, besties. It is currently early in the morning on Tuesday morning. I just finished Pilates. I had my coffee. I have another one with me right now. And I'm so excited to get into this week's episode. On the topic of Pilates, I first and foremost have to say that I... I'm absolutely obsessed with the fact that this Lori Harvey Pilates trend has become such a big thing because I've been preaching to everyone that Pilates has made my ass look so fucking good. I literally have told anyone that will listen to me to look at my ass now. Because it is so, so good. And I'm so happy that everyone else is joining in on this because I absolutely love Pilates. I am a diehard Pilates fan. And when I first started, I will admit, I looked at it and I thought, this is going to be super easy, they don't really do anything, all this stuff. It's actually very, very, very hard. It works your body in a way that normal HIIT workouts and weightlifting workouts just it doesn't hit those small muscles and you work muscles that you never even knew that you had and I'm just so happy that everyone else is joining in. (laughs) I do have to say though that Pilates is super expensive like ridiculously expensive to the point that it makes me almost want to throw up so if you do go to solid core I know there's a lot of people that probably want to go to solid core have gone to solid core that's where I go personally it's just the only one that's like really close to me and I love it but if you're going to solid core specifically make sure that you're looking at their student discount or their healthcare worker discount or There's some other ones, but those are the only two that really like pertain to me. So they're the only two that I paid attention to, but get those discounts. I'm on the student discount right now and it's 20% off. So make sure that wherever you're going for Pilates, you look and you see if they have a discount. Honestly, anywhere you go, look and see if they have a discount. You're going to a spin studio, look for a discount. Boxing, look for a discount. No matter what, just make sure that you're looking for that discount and save that money. But also another thing is you don't have to go to the studio to do Pilates. There's a lot of free YouTube videos that are matte Pilates that you can do at home that a lot of people have gotten great results with and have absolutely loved. So make sure you look up those too. If you don't want to pay to go to a studio, I don't blame you. They're so expensive. But make sure you're looking at all these different options if you are interested in starting Pilates so a little life update since i last spoke to you guys it's been two weeks i know i took last week off i honestly just needed a huge mental health break i was a little overwhelmed by so many things i was just a little down in the dumps i was pmsing it was a whole thing and i was like you know what we're just gonna take this week off i can't preach to everyone all this stuff right now when i'm not feeling it So I took a week off, but now we are back better than ever, and one of the things that I want to share with everyone that I did last week that I posted on my TikTok, and a lot of people thought it was super cute, so I want to share it, is my boyfriend and I, we do long distance. He lives in Canada. I live in Pittsburgh, but one of the things that we started doing just to kind of add something fun to our relationship, I guess, is we will order each other dinner, but we keep it a surprise. The other person doesn't know what we ordered. We know that each other ordered us food. We just don't know what food it is exactly. And so Dean ordered me dinner last week and he ordered me sushi, which I love it. And I ordered him dinner a few few days ago and I got him a full pizza, <laughs> a full tiramisu, like a whole tiramisu cake and then a drink and I just I went balls to the wall I was like they have tiramisu on the menu why don't I just get him a whole huge ass cake but it's honestly very fun it's very exciting I use it to be honest ladies I use it a little bit as a test to see how well does my boyfriend know me what items will he be choosing for me for dinner And it's actually very fun. So if you're in a long distance relationship, try it out, order each other dinner, keep it a surprise, whatever you order. Even if you're not in a long distance relationship, you can still order each other dinner and do this. If you're not in a relationship at all, do it with your best friend and let me know what you think of it. It's really fun. We do it honestly a lot. And it kind of just adds a little spark, a little something fun, just some excitement. And that's really important, especially when you're doing long distance, because you're obviously not with each other all the time. So like you don't really have all these exciting moments together. So that's just something that we decided to kind of incorporate something fun for us to do also takes off the stress of having to cook one night and then we eat dinner together on FaceTime and it's so much fun girlies we know helpridge collective is my absolute pride and joy so i only use the best when it comes to selling our items therefore we use shopify when i first started helpridge collective i was so new and so inexperienced i literally had no idea how to sell our products especially worldwide Thankfully, Shopify has made it a seamless and easy process. Now we are selling all over the world. It's the perfect platform if you're trying to grow your business. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, plus millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC, all lowercase. Again, that's shopify.com slash WTTC, because now is the time to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, head over to shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorite company once again. That's right, we're talking about Lumi, and for all the girlies who don't know, Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So, she developed Lumi, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant that's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. I just got a new Lumi deodorant in the mail the other day, and I kid you not, it smells exactly like toasted coconut. And I mean, who doesn't want to smell like coconut all day long? But if that isn't your vibe, then they also have scents like clean tangerine or lavender sage. Lumi has a starter pack that is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code WTTC at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code WTTC. So if you're on the podcast Insta, then you will see that I bought a set active workout set in that Yummy, yummy, yummy green color. I don't know what the color is. It's almost like an emerald green. It is the most amazing green color I've probably ever seen in my entire life. And I wore it to Pilates. I will say the top, I don't know if I'm just an above average. I mean, I am above average height, but like not in my upper torso area. I don't know what it was about the top, but it just felt super, super small. And one, keep in mind, I have no boobs, like absolutely nothing. I wear a bodysuit and it is completely flat. Two, I got my normal size, so I don't know. The top felt a little small. I was a little nervous that when I would like raise my arms, it would kind of pop up and show like a lot of my under boob. But once I started sweating, sounds so gross once I started sweating I think the material almost kind of got like wet and it like stayed in place better I don't know I think it stretched a little I'm not really sure but it is a super super cute set I do have to say I bought a set from Bow and T and I like that one a lot more honestly I was a little nervous about the whole bow and Tee one but the quality of it is unmatched it is thick it is not moving when I'm doing Pilates it's not constricting I'm absolutely obsessed with that one so if you are looking for new workout sets look up bow and Tee. get the get the one shoulder one I got it it is so flattering and also the color I got is just beautiful So let's get into our peak and our pit of the week. So my peak is that yesterday I had my first solo day at work. So without a preceptor, without someone watching over me and it went great. It went so well, I didn't mess up. I didn't connect people's phones together. I didn't do any of that. It went very, very, very smooth. I did everything that I needed to do. I th- Well, as of now, no one said anything to me, so I think I did everything that I needed to do, but it was my first day on my own. I was super nervous about it. I had a lot of anxiety leading up to it, rightfully so. I mean, it's kind of scary when you just like take the training wheels off and you have to go by yourself, but getting the first day done and out of the way, I feel a lot better moving forward. I think I'm going to get really into a routine. I'm really going to love it, so... That's my peak i'm very happy about it it went so good so my pit of the week is kind of a pit kind of a peak i guess i don't really know but i've decided very kind of abruptly kind of not to switch manufacturers for my clothing brand Helfrich collective and It's very exciting because we have new people. We get to design new items. We get to have new color swatches, new fabrics, all this stuff. But it's also very scary because I was kind of in a time crunch to find someone else because I just decided to switch manufacturers. There's obviously reasons why I switched manufacturers. I didn't just do it for no reason, but it's very stressful. It's very exciting, but it's still very stressful. So that's kind of my pit. I've been working on that for the past few days. I've been trying to get everything sent, figure everything out, finalize everything. And I think it's all good now. Last night in the middle of the night, I finalized everything. (laughs) So I think we're set. I think everything's fine. But that brings me into today's episode. And I want to talk about how I started my own clothing brand at 23 if you go back to the very first episodes of this podcast when it like wasn't actually really a podcast and I was kind of just like posting stuff for shits and gigs, I did do an episode on why I started Health Rich Collective. But today's episode, I'm going to kind of go into the story on why I started it. A lot of people love to hear the story on why you kind of start a brand, but I'm also going to explain how I go through it in a day-to-day setting and also what steps I had to take when I first started to really launch it and have it become what it's become. So the first question I always get when I tell people that I own a clothing brand is a lot of people ask if I was a fashion major or a business major, if this is something I've always wanted to do, if I've always had a passion for it. And the answer is no, the answer is absolutely not. As we all know, I am a pre-med PhD student. I am the thick of the thick of STEM majors. I did an undergrad in physiology. I don't, I still don't know business. I have no idea anything about business. I don't enjoy business, to be honest. I don't want to use Excel sheets. I don't, I don't want to do any of that. I did used to model in New York when I was younger. So fashion has always kind of been a thing that I've loved, but never something that I thought I would, be doing and never something that I thought I would be designing myself. So HC started on a whim. When I was in high school and early university, I did not have very many friends. A lot of my friends, I'm putting that in quotations, were really mean to me and would make tweets about me and all this stuff. And I just felt very lost and I felt like I didn't have anyone when i was that age so it got to the point where i decided i'm gonna pick up and move i'm gonna go to arizona i'm gonna start fresh i'm basically gonna run away from my problems and i went to arizona for three years i did my undergrad and i went home in march of 2020 to study for the mcat it was spring break everyone else was going on trips I went home, I was studying for the MCAT, and I just never went back to school. (laughs) The world shut down, the border shut down. I'm from Canada, Arizona's obviously in the US. The world shut down, the border shut down, I was locked at home. And the worst part about it was that all my friends are American, all my friends were able to go back to our school, they were able to have a little graduation party, they were doing all this stuff, and I was stuck in Canada in my hometown that I had no friends. I had literally no friends in my hometown and i was watching everyone else live out our senior year and have fun so this was kind of the first thing that really spiraled my mental health and then at the same time i was studying for the mcat and I've said this so many times on other people's podcasts and on my own podcast, but if you've ever taken the MCAT, you know that it's a bitch. It's a bitch and a half. It is the worst exam in the entire world. It does not equate to your intelligence at all. For people who aren't going into medicine, what it is is it's basically a standardized test that typically is taken over eight hours. It is four sections. There's a physics and chem section. There's a biochem and bio section. A reading comprehension type of section. It's called CARS, and then a psychology section. And you aren't allowed a formula sheet or a calculator. And I just want to know what sick minded person thought that I should be doing physics, physics equations without the formula sheet and without the calculator when you can use those in class. Anyways, it's a horrible exam. You get the point. But I took it, I didn't do well. I had to retake it. I still didn't do well, to be honest. But I've just decided that I'm done. I've decided two is enough. I'm never taking it again. I don't care. When I apply to med school right now, we'll see what happens. I can never take that exam again. It gave me so much PTSD. But that definitely affected my mental health. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to the fact when you just don't feel good enough. And that's basically what that exam said to me. It basically told me I wasn't smart enough. It told me that I wasn't as good as other people because you do get ranked compared to everyone else that took this exam. And it's a very hard pill to swallow, especially when you've been studying for months for this one exam and you take it and you don't do as well as you were wanting. It's a very hard thing to come to terms with. But Even though I didn't do great on the exam, I said, I'm still going to just apply to med school. I'm not going to lie, did not have the best application. We were in COVID times. I couldn't do a lot of the things that I was supposed to do and a lot of things that I had planned to do. So my application was not great, but I applied to how many schools? I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say like 15 or something. And I got rejected from every single one, every single one sent me an email and said, absolutely not. We would rather die than have you. And I said, cool, cool, cool. Are we not in a pandemic where we need doctors right now? Should you not be paying me to come to your school? Anyway, so I got rejected from every med school. Actually, I take that back. I did get accepted into one med school in Australia, but the borders were closed. I was not able to go. I also didn't really want to leave my family. And What they told me was that I would be able to start med school, but I would have to start it online in Australian time. So I would basically become nocturnal and I would stay up all night and do med school and sleep all day. And then once the borders open, I had two weeks to get there and start classes in person. And I said, absolutely not. I can't do that. (laughs) So those are all the things academically that really put me in a depressed state. And I'm laughing about it now, but it was not funny at the time. But Another thing that happened was that I was seeing a boy, of course, naturally. I've talked about him before on the podcast. Long story short, I was seeing a boy. I really, really liked him. He basically said, go F yourself. I don't want to be with you. It was extremely toxic. It was extremely taxing. You know when you're actively fighting for someone to like you back. That's what I was doing. I look back now and I look at a lot of the things that I did when we were quote unquote dating and the way that I tried to change myself for this person and the way that I went so above and beyond. Like picture this, it's Halloween and I asked him to hang out. He said no. Was he doing anything that evening? No, he was at home. But he said, no, I don't want to hang out with you. And I said, okay, cool. Cool. What can I do to make this boy like me? So I took Halloween candy, bags of Halloween candy, and I went and I dropped them off at his house just to be sweet. And he literally said, "Why the fuck are you here?" And that that is what happened. And so that really fucked me up, to be honest. And then when he decided to end it, I was extremely not okay. That was kind of my tipping point. That was the point that I really was not doing well. It was hard for me to try and wake up in the morning. I wanted to stay in my bed at all times. I didn't leave my house. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to do anything. I was in a very depressed state. I'm not going to say I was depressed because I've never actually been diagnosed with depression. So I'm not going to throw that around. But I was definitely in a very sad lonely, isolated state. And I could feel myself starting to go down a really bad path. And I'm very hyper aware. I'm very cognizant of my behaviors. And when I start to feel that way, I think, okay, I need to flip the switch right now because I'm getting scared. My mom was getting scared. My dad was getting scared. Everyone was getting a little worried about me. And I was sitting in my room one day and I was scrolling through Insta and I saw someone's hoodie that they were wearing. And I said, this is cute. I could probably make it better, but this was cute. And that's when the switch kind of just flipped in my head. And keep in mind, we were in quarantine at this time, so hoodies and sweats and matching sets and loungewear were all the rage and they were what everyone wanted so I kind of took that and I decided to run with it I went to my mom and I was like I'm gonna make a hoodie for mental health
1: Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.
0: And that's kind of how it started. She thought I was joking at first, and to be honest, everyone kind of thought I was joking. I thought I was joking. And now here we are a year later, and we have six launches i think what kind of ceo am i that i don't know how many launches we have i think we have six and then our seventh is coming out really soon but this is an idea that just started in my bedroom and it's grown into this actual business that's a tangible business and it still happens in my parents' house. I obviously still work from home for this. And the warehouse is in my parents' garage. My mom and dad help me ship out all the orders. Dean will go over and help <laughs> ship out all the orders. And it's the best thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. And I can confidently say that. So, I had this idea, and now we're wondering how did I actually start? How did I actually start to make this into an actual business? And the first thing I had to do was a shit ton of research. Everyone always asks me, How do you do research? What do you look up? You need to just go on Google, research every single thing you could. Because I knew that I wanted to make every item from scratch and I didn't want to take a wholesale hoodie and put my logo on it, I wanted everything to be very unique to my brand, I had to look up size guides and I had to look up thread counts and I had to look up the weight of fabrics and the quality of fabrics and the different fabric combinations that I could be doing. And basically once I started, I kind of got into a rabbit hole where I was looking up very different things. And I kind of came up with my own recipe, I guess, or my own concoction of what I liked, what I didn't. Google is your best friend when you are starting a business. You need to do research about one, the business itself and what products people are liking and not liking within your niche. Two, you need to look up how to actually create that product. This can be said for anything. This doesn't have to be a clothing brand. If you want to be an influencer on TikTok, same thing. You need to do research on the TikToks and find what People are liking within your niche and what they're not, and you also need to figure out how you're going to start creating the content that people want to see. It's the exact same thing, and research is so important in order to start. Once I started, a lot of it was trial and error. I would reach out to different manufacturers. I would get different samples and I would make changes. We got a pair of shorts once and they were the smallest pair of shorts I have ever seen in my entire life. And then I said, okay, I need to change the size guide. I got hoodies at one point. I didn't love the sizing of them. I had to change the size guide. We have to move the logo. We have to move stuff down. We have to do all this and it's really a trial and error. With that being said, the best thing that I did for my business was know my strengths and know my weaknesses. And anywhere that I have a weakness, I had to outsource to other people or I had to learn about it. So... My biggest weakness is graphic design. I don't know how to make the files. I don't know how to do graphic design. I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know that I needed files when I first started. And so what I did is I found a graphic designer. I found someone to come on To my team to help me to create designs, to make these files, to do all this stuff that I know I can't do. And hence why Sarah is a part of HC and why she's now my best friend. Another example is that I'm extremely lucky that my mom is a lawyer. So every business contract that HC needs to make with our interns, with employees, with influencers, with manufacturers, with whoever, my mom will draft up these contracts. And I didn't even know that I needed this until she told me. <laughs> a lot of the stuff with this business I have learned through making mistakes and through just over time. When I first started a year ago, I knew absolutely nothing about this and I want to make that so clear because a lot of people think that they can't start a business or they can't go after their dream or they can't do any of this stuff because they don't know enough about it. You're never going to know enough about it. You're never going to know enough. You're never going to feel ready and you just need to start and you learn as you go. The best way to learn is by making mistakes. When you make a mistake, you know you know that you're never gonna make that mistake again. So when I got my first product and I was ready to sell it, my biggest technique was using social media. Social media is an absolute godsend for anyone who is in business, if you are your own business, because you can reach an audience that you would have never been able to tap into just in your day-to-day life. Another huge thing for me was word of mouth. Because I created a product that is so high quality and people love it, they tell their friends, and that's the best thing. People are telling their friends, people that know me, I honestly, I never tell anyone that I own HC when I first meet them or anything. I get so embarrassed and awkward by it, but other people tell people and the more people that know, the more people that are going to want to be supportive and try it and purchase something. With any business, especially when you're first starting out, it is so easy to compare yourself to similar businesses, and that's something I've been doing a lot lately, is I will look at other businesses that are similar to HC, that other girls have started, And I will get really down on myself that we're maybe not doing as much as they're doing. And something that Dean said to me that I think really resonates is that he always says to me that I am the Nike, not the Puma. So for context, Dean is a huge sneaker fanatic. He absolutely loves sneakers. And what he's saying when he says this is that Phil Knight, who started Nike, When he first started, he would go and buy sneakers and drive up the West Coast and go to track meets, schools, all these places, and sell these sneakers to parents and to athletes. And he did this for so many years. And while he was doing this, Puma was already a huge brand. So Phil Knight was here busting his ass and Puma was a huge brand. Huge brand that everyone is buying their shoes from. But now, if you look at the brands that we have right now, Nike is one of the biggest brands in the entire world and not as many people are buying Pumas. And so Dean tells me all the time that you're the Nike, not the Puma. It's a sense of delayed gratification. And that's one of the biggest things that you have to understand when you're starting a business. Whatever business it may be, you're probably going to have delayed gratification. Another thing Dean says to me, Dean's actually really fucking wise, to be honest, but another thing Dean says to me is that overnight successes are 15 years in the making. The people that we look at and we think they're an overnight success, chances are they're not. Most of the time, they have years and years of hustling and grunt work and just hard work and hard work ethic behind them and we're only seeing them come into the spotlight i actually think about this a lot to be honest in terms of TikTok, a lot of the influencers that we see that are really big right now i always think oh wow they probably just started posting they've probably only been posting for like two months all this stuff. But if you actually were to scroll back to their first videos, a lot of them started in 2019 or 2020, which is actually two years ago. A lot of them started posting consistently for two solid years, and they're only now getting this big break. And that's something that I constantly have to remind myself in terms of business, that I'm not going to be an overnight success. And I don't want to because I don't want to fizzle out. This is a lifestyle brand. It's not a hot trend. A big thing that I also had to learn when starting a business is that I need to stay true to myself. When you start something new, a lot of people will give you their opinion. A lot of the time they do it out of love they want to help you they want to see you grow and that's great but when you get so many people's opinions all the time sometimes you kind of start to lose what it is that you actually want you kind of lose what it is that you actually value so with Helfridge collective when i first started it my big thing was i wanted to give back i wanted to raise awareness on mental health which is the whole reason this started and then from there i want to help more and more and more charities as we get bigger and as we grow so one of the things that i will never waver on is the fact that we will donate to charities for each collection. That is something that will never change. That is something that no one is ever going to sway me on or change my opinion on. It's one of the core fundamentals on why this business started. And so I have to know that and I have to know that this is something that I will not budge on. But something, for example, like the color of a set or the style of a set, people's opinions will literally change what I'm thinking and I have to constantly tell myself that there's so many opinions. No matter what we put out, there's people that are going to love it and there's people that are going to hate it. And I need to do what I love and do something that I'm excited about and something that I would want to wear myself. Literally last night I had to send our sample set to the manufacturer for them to make it and I was really stressed about the color it's summertime a lot of people want bright colors but a lot of people hate bright colors and they want neutral colors and i was getting so many opinions from people to the point that it was really stressing me out and it was really swaying me and i decided that i was just gonna send the samples not tell anyone the color and i was just gonna send them and do exactly what I wanted and if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't but I had to block every person out and just send what I thought was best and I kind of had to remind myself like I am the CEO this is my business I need to do this for myself I'm not going to please everyone no matter what I'm not going to please everyone so I need to do something that's going to make me happy and do something that I think is the best decision and will it be the best decision I don't know I really don't know we're kind of everything's up in the air right now we'll see what happens but I needed to tune everyone out I needed to stand firm in what I wanted and so I just sent the samples didn't tell anyone the color and here we are (laughs) I sent Sarah color now and she's fine with it so just so we know she's okay with it because i would be really stressed out if she actually hated it because i value her opinion more than anyone a big thing with starting a brand at such a young age is that a lot of people aren't going to take you seriously and that's fine starting a business at 23 with no background knowledge no knowledge about this business at all no clue even kind of how to start it It makes sense that a lot of people aren't going to take you seriously and you have to prove to them but prove to yourself even more that you can do it and you're going to have to believe in yourself more than anyone else is. I always say that no one cares about this business as much as I do so when a lot of people aren't as invested. I have to be the one that's invested. No one else is staying up all night working on new launches or talking to manufacturers or working out different weights or measuring stuff. No one else is doing that but me because no one else has the same investment in this business. This HC is my actual child. I think I dream I do everything with HC in my head. So it makes sense that no one else is going to be as invested no one else is going to believe in it as much as i do so i have to really dig deep and know that this business is going to be something because i can't look to anyone else to give me that validation another thing that i want to mention on the topic of owning your own business especially when you're younger is that imposter syndrome is very real i do not feel like i should be allowed to have the ability to one manage this company and manage employees and interns and two be able to sell something to people like i do not feel like i should be the ceo of a company i feel like i am a child and i need my parents for everything but you will just start to move and you will just start to go through the motions and you'll get to a point where you're like what the heck how did i get this far and you'll look back and you'll just realize that you just one foot in front of the other and you just kept moving but just know that imposter syndrome is very real especially if you're a young entrepreneur and it is very normal so embrace it accept it and it's okay the biggest question I get asked is, how did we end up in all these publications? How did we end up in the news and BuzzFeed and all these different magazines and all this stuff? I shot my shot. That's literally all it is. I shot my shot with every single person that I could find. If you're on LinkedIn, literally look up the magazine that you love or the network that you love and Find people that work for that company and shoot your shot. I will send emails to the most amount of people in the entire world. It's actually insane. And a lot of them aren't going to reply to you. A lot of them are going to read it and then purposely not reply, especially if you send them like a DM on Instagram, they will accept it and then purposely not reply to it. And it's kind of fucking rude, but that's okay. It's very, very, very normal. I always say if I shoot my shot so many times, I'm going to have to land one. So that is what I do to try and get my brand out there. I will reach out to as many people as I can. I will pitch myself. I will pitch my brand. You need to really work on having a really good pitch. You need to have something that really entices people to want to work with you. So really try and hone that in and craft that in a really strategic way, but That's literally what I do. Go on LinkedIn, find the company that you want to work with, and then shoot your shot with every person that works there. And after a while, once your brand starts to get traction and it starts to become more of a common well-known name, these brands or these magazines or whoever it is, they will start to reach out to you. I didn't even know that we were in BuzzFeed a second time. Someone sent it to me. And that's how I knew. And those things will start to happen once you gain traction. But at the beginning, you've really got to put the fucking work in and you need to just hustle your ass and you need to do what you got to do. And that is one of the things that people hate hearing the most, but like I said, no one is going to do the work for you. And if you want your brand or your business or yourself to become a big success, whatever success means to you, it means different things to different people. But if you want it to grow into this bigger corporation, then you need to shoot your shot with as many people as you can. You need to work on having a high quality product. You need to outsource to people that can help you in your weak areas and you need to just believe in your fucking self and you need to just know that you're the shit and you're going to do what you need to do to get this business to where you want it to be. Last thing that I just thought of But if you're trying to outsource to other people, but you're worried about cost, you can't pay someone a super high salary, which is very normal when you first start out, consider looking for unpaid interns. It gives the intern great experience. It's a resume builder that can learn a lot, especially if you're a brand or a company or a person that this intern really looks up to and they want to learn from you. Then it's overall a great experience for both of you, and it can really help both parties involved. But that is it for this week's episode. I hope you guys kind of like seeing a bit of an insight into my business and why it started. As always, please follow this podcast, rate it, review it, send it to a friend, send me any messages that you guys have about myself starting a business, HC specifically, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye.